hesitate to invite people because every person has a right to be exposed to the presence of God. Hallelujah. They have a right to. Hallelujah. Praise God. And we have an obligation to see that they get exposed. We can't make them choose. Hallelujah. But we can make sure that we do our part to see that they get exposed to the, to the deeper things of God and to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So everybody loves somebody tonight. We're glad you're here. Thank you, Lord. Well, I'm glad you're here tonight. I believe you're at the right place at the right time. Thank you, Lord. And I know that if you will ask the Holy Ghost and put a draw, you'll receive something tonight. Well, you know, God is uh, answering prayer, and we're just seeing it uh, all the time. Uh, back in early, back when we was having those 100-degree temperatures, I think it was late June or early July, one night we prayed in here for five cool days, and I've been meaning to tell y'all, we got those five cool days. We've had a lot more than that this summer, actually. We prayed for rain, and it, it started raining. It was dry, you remember. So God, I just want, we got to give acknowledgement when God answers prayer. And uh, then, of course, we prayed uh, against, and the hurricane, and we did that, um, I don't remember, Monday night, but it seemed like we did it once before, too, before that, because we heard about it before. And um, so I never, last night, I, I never watch anything but uh, WVUA. Man, I am loyal. Hallelujah. <laughs> I just watch the local weather. I don't like to hear about all them other places. that See, we over on the local weather, they just talk about Tuscaloosa and barely mention. They don't know there's any other place hardly on earth. But uh, Birmingham gets out there and talks about places. And I don't want to hear about it. Everybody got murdered in Birmingham and all that. So <clears throat> I never watch any other weather but last night for some reason and if I did watch another weather it would be James Spann on ABC 3340 but for some reason I turned over to Mark Prater last night just for some reason and so he said and I went in and told pastor he said this he said he said this has been unreal he said this hurricane has just been impossible to track and I said to the pastor, I said, that's because prayers going out of Alabama have been messing with that hurricane. And anyway, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So your prayers messed, messed, messed up the weatherman. Hallelujah. Pray. Uh, yeah, well, somebody in New Orleans needs to pray, don't they? Hallelujah. They might need, and they might need to change some things about the place. You know, you kind of can't say... God, don't send the hurricane and then do voodoo at the same time, you know. Uh, so that might be something that's drawing, drawing bad stuff into New Orleans. Could be. I don't know. Anyway, praise God. I, I, but I, I knew I want to stay away from that kind of stuff. But anyway, and then, and I told uh, LaQueen I wish she'd been in here because Monday night in prayer, she shared with us afterwards that I don't even remember what we were praying about, but that she saw 
people jumping in praise and worship. And we had us a little jumper over here on the front row tonight. I've never seen him do that. I've seen him, you know, dance kind of, but this was that. He was just what you saw. No, not Eric. No. Now, you'll know that the Holy Ghost has fallen when Eric. Yeah, the rapture is coming and Jesus has no. No, I'm believing for it. I'm believing for it. But anyway, just prayers are being answered. And what we see, it's not just a figment of our imagination. We, the, we're having words of knowledge. We're having these uh, visions and dreams, and they're coming to pass. All of them. All of them. All of them. Hallelujah. Praise God. So that's a good thing. Praise God. Uh, we're going to be having donuts Sunday morning at uh, 9.15. They start. You don't have to be here at 9.15. But anytime, you know, before 10, you can probably get a donut. They'll probably start closing down about 10 till, 5 till or something. They'll have that all cleaned up. But anyway, so get here if you want to have donuts and coffee. And they need to kind of know how many donuts they're going to buy. So if you think you might come for donuts and coffee on Sunday morning, could you just lift your hand real quick? And Myron's going to, hallelujah. I'm seeing, can you kind of get a rough count? Okay, just about everybody. There's about four, three or four there that didn't raise their hand. Yeah, hallelujah. So it's going to be just a time of fellowship, and we won't be praying at 9.30. We're going to be fellowship, so we need to pray ahead of time, okay? So in Saturday night or early Sunday morning, get in there and do some praying for our service, okay? I'm sure you already are. Fasting, fasting and praying, aren't we? Hallelujah. Matthew 26, verse 41. Fasting before we get to donuts, right. You know, that's what breakfast means. Break fast. Hallelujah. Some of you don't go all night without eating, but uh, there's a great number of people that actually don't eat after supper, and they break the fast in the morning. Hallelujah. You didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hallelujah. Well, I told you you'd learn something at church. Praise God. We are going to talk tonight about being a watchman for yourself. We've been talking about being a watchman in prayer and how we watch for our city and we can take dominion or authority because Jesus Christ gave us authority. And we can take dominion or authority and we can uh, forbid things to happen in our city. And we, we you, grow, you grow in authority. And... One of the ways we grow in authority is we have to get rid of things in our life. Because like I said, you can't be doing voodoo. And I know none of y'all are doing that. That's an extreme over on voodoo. But you can't be doing voodoo and cast out devils at the same time. And so one way we grow in our authority is we get things out of our life that hinder us uh, the, and, and give us more authority and the devil has to obey us. Hallelujah. And... Uh, that's why we want to keep a strong spirit of authority in the church so that when a, when, when pastor has to speak to a devil, it obeys. And when pastor or Miss Debbie has to speak to something and cause it to be raised from the dead, it comes back. Hallelujah. And if we diminish that authority by dishonor and disrespect, so we want to cultivate a culture of honor at River Church. Not that we just, but that we honor all people, we honor each other, but that we certainly honor the fivefold ministry and honor authority here because you may need a demon off your back someday. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. And so we need to, to cultivate that at all times and watch for it and, and pray for that culture of honor, but also guard it and stand up for it. Hallelujah. And so um, um, that's what we do. Uh, but anyway, we've learned about watching for our city. We've learned about watching, you know, and there are realms of authority that certainly uh, that we can have authority over. Now, as uh, people, we have some authority. We have authority over uh, uh, over uh, politicians and congressmen and stuff because this is our nation. But as far as crime in the streets of Detroit, you probably aren't going to have as much authority over crime in the streets of Detroit because you don't live there and have probably no connection to it than you will have is crime in the streets of Tuscaloosa. And by our prayers and using our authority, and it would be a progressive thing, we could actually turn our city around so that there was, we could get to the place. We could actually go to the place, and it's going to take some time and some effort where we could clean sin out of the city. You know, and where uh, I've heard of uh, bars having to close down in certain cities because of the way people prayed. I've heard of, uh, of uh, you know, clubs that were ungodly having to close down. And so we can, we can progress in that. But we have to start with our own garden. Hallelujah. So where we would start would be your house, your property. Hallelujah. And then you would expand into your neighborhood or the area that you live in. And, you know, then I might could expand from Hinton Place uh, into uh, uh, to Taylorville because we live in Taylorville and we minister in Taylorville. But we're in the city of Tuscaloosa, so we can have some authority. And all of us, because we're a part of the state of Alabama, we have authority over the University of Alabama, a certain amount of authority there. And we have some authority in Montgomery at the Capitol because we are citizens of the state of Alabama. We are voters, hallelujah. And we have authority in our vote, but we also have authority in the spirit realm that we carry. We carry authority. Hallelujah. You certainly have authority over your children, especially as long as they're living with you. And you know, uh, a lot of times we have to discern as parents what is rebellion and a spirit of rebellion or what is just my child is growing up. And what happens is a lot of times is uh, kids get to be about 18, usually before that, and they start kind of wanting to be their own boss. And they kind of, and you know, that can... But as long as kids are living under your roof, hallelujah, and sometimes really God's, I think, you know, God's plan is for children to grow up and uh, to leave and cleave and to leave and be their own authority and be their own boss. But sometimes they made choices when they were 13 and 14 that keep them from being able to leave when they're really wanting to be their own boss, but they need to stay and live under your roof and eat your groceries and use your electricity. And, and so that means they have to submit whether they want to or not. You know, and I know that's very, that grates on them and they don't like it, but that's Bible order, that's divine order. And the only way to get around that is for them to take personal responsibility, pay their own bills, even if they move out, if they're having to be supported by daddy at college, you know. Praise God. You know, Van Crouch used to say he had a sign on his refrigerator, it's my way or the highway for his teenagers. And uh, uh, <laughs> that, that was bold, but, but you know, they, you, ha you have to make a choice. If you need your parents, then you have, and you, you still, 
you have to submit to them. And then as you grow up and you are on your own and you are responsible financially, well, uh, there's a place that you can get really blessed of God by continue, continuing to honor your parents, to honor your father and a mother. There's a time when you're, when you're underage or when you're under their authority or you're living on their groceries, then you have to obey and honor. But when you're grown and you're eating your own groceries and paying your own bills, then honor's all that's required. You, they may tell you, to do something, but and you should respectfully say, "Well, I hear you, sir, and I, but I that's not the choice I'm going to make. You know, I'm going to go a different way." And you have the right to do that. And if it's a godly choice, God will even honor it, even though it's not what your parents want. You know, Hallelujah. And so that's how. Uh, so if we want authority to work in one realm we have to be under authority in another realm the same with a wife she can't be all rebellious against her husband and uh, bad mouthing him at the beauty shop and talking ugly about him i mean and all that hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> and that doesn't mean you can't ever say anything to a confidant but certainly the world should not know the details hallelujah and uh the, certainly the beauty shop's not the place but they hear a lot i mean i don't i don't go very often but i even hear some stuff and how people you know talk about their husbands like he was a bad dog hallelujah the men don't do that though never talk about their wives hallelujah no praise god i, I probably don't i don't know <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, my point is if you know if you want to have authority wives, you got to come under authority and there's times you're going to have to shut your mouth. You're not going to be able to say just anything you want to say. Hallelujah. Invent every thought you ever have and uh God honor it then when when you need to use authority in a, in a realm. If, in other words, it kind of even goes back to sowing and reaping. If you sow respect and honor, you're going to reap it better than if you so disrespect and dishonor hallelujah hallelujah praise god so we're in matthew 26 41 so we're going to talk about tonight being a watchman for yourself and uh because and especially as you minister and we are about you know to have a major shift in this church again we're going to shift again we're not moving the building yet <laughs> good i know we i'm not even rested from moving that last time yet anyway but we're going to have a shift in, in where healing ministry is concerned i know that's coming and we are all uh, even the little children are going to be healing ministers in this church and i have been praying about healing ministers and little children being healing ministers for years and um uh, and so it's important that you know how to come under authority so you can have authority where healing is concerned because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna start enjoying being a spirit-filled Christian when you start seeing people get healed when you pray for them. And God's been leading Pastor Ryan and I on a path for quite a while where we've been preparing for this and we've just, it's kind of been hard to keep our mouth shut and just kind of continue to learn and continue to 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 be imparted to by some people that knew more than we did and so we're we're working towards that even now and so that'll be very soon in the coming that that there, there'll be a shift in how we minister and and that's one of the reasons god brought us here and i, I i'm not sure all about it but anyway uh 
one of the people that we've been studying under, he says that the best age for children to become healing ministers is four, five, and six years old. I know it. It's awesome. And he literally has a commission from God to train children to be healing ministers. He trains other people too. But he has a commission from God to, be, he'll, to train children. And uh, so everywhere he goes, even in foreign countries, he will teach on this and the children will, then he will begin to minister to the sick and the children will run up and say, can I do it? Can I do it? You know, and, uh, and he will say yes. And... Um, and uh, so he told about in Idaho where he taught this, and uh, there was a lady that needed a, uh, he, he, he called out, he had a word of knowledge for heart. And, uh, and so he called out a heart, and this lady stood up, and uh, these children hollered, oh, two, two little children, I think they were about seven and eight years old, they ran up and said, oh, can we do it, can we do it, can we do it? And uh, he has this revelation and this faith for this, and uh, and uh, to uh, he has a revelation that f about the new parts warehouse in he heaven, and uh, so uh, he said to, he so he just let them do it. So they said, uh, Jesus, send the angel. Uh, Jesus, send the angel to heaven to get this lady a new heart, and he said. He was about to tell them how to pray for her, and before he could say it, and this would be totally inappropriate, but they took their little hands and just laid them right on her chest, just like that, you know, just, and prayed for her. And, uh, and so, and when they took their hands away, there were, there were gold dust finger handprints on her chest and um and she got a new heart documented by a doctor hallelujah brand new heart the heart of a 25 year old who has been physically training that's what her doctor said hallelujah so i mean that is just awesome things happening hallelujah and children and you know who could do better than children they just believe without you know and they don't you know they don't put on airs and they don't have any pride and what are people gonna think and you know they're not even thinking about stuff like that hallelujah so that's what we need isn't it to be like little children that's what jesus said so matthew 26 41 so as we go into this healing ministry one of the thing we need to know but i think we need to know it just for life also is we need to know how to keep ourselves covered, you know, because the devil doesn't take you being a healing, in the healing ministry. He's, he's not going to take that laying down. Hallelujah. And so we need to know how to cover ourselves. So Matthew 26, 41 says to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So several times in the Bible, it, in the New Testament, it talks about watching and praying. Hallelujah. Sometimes that can just mean this is kind of simple, but you know, sometimes we need to quit closing our eyes when we pray and start watching when we pray. But there's also, especially when you're praying for the sick, one of the things you want to do is keep your eyes open because you can see what God's doing sometimes. You can see if the Holy Spirit's moving on them. And, it, and, and so that's something we can do. But also this is really talking about a spiritual watching where you watch in the Spirit. You're looking in the Spirit. And watch there means to stay awake or alert. And the word pray means supplication or worship. And uh, 
so watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. And the word temptation there, see, we think about being tempted for sin. And that would be right. I mean, that would not be wrong to think that way. But it means more than that. It means to experience evil. So watch and pray. Watch, be alert, awake. Enter into supplication and worship so that you don't experience evil in your life. And that's one thing we don't want to experience is evil. We don't want to experience the evil of sin. We don't want to experience the evil of being tempted to sin. But we don't want to experience the disease and sickness is evil. Not that we've done evil, but it's the devil trying to put something evil on us. You know, we don't want to experience the evil of, of somebody bringing harm to us or destruction or accidents. You know, because the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So one of the ways... That God tells us to avoid that is to be a watcher and a prayer over our own lives. Turn to Proverbs 4.23. This is a familiar scripture to you. Proverbs 4.23 says, To keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That word keep there is uh, the Hebrew word natzar, which is one of the words that means watch so keep means watch watch your heart watch your heart with all diligence it means to guard what you allow to enter your heart be careful what you allow to enter your heart because what you allow to enter is going to have an effect there is nothing neutral in this world it's either God or it's the devil but sometimes we get to thinking there's a gray area and, and you know and but uh, there's, there's really not a gray area when it comes to the spirit realm I'm talking about and to what's behind. We need to look at, well, what's behind this situation? What's behind this movie? What's the, you know, I have a, a friend and uh, she has been just very sick for a year. The doctors cannot find anything. Anytime there's something weird like that going on, doctors cannot find anything, but you're sick, most of the time it has to do, it's spiritual. I mean, most time it has to do with the devil. Even Jim Hockaday told me that one time. He said, if anything weird and crazy is going on, you can pretty much know it's the devil. And so, um, anyway, so, you know, I'm like, what is the deal here? And we've prayed, and we're believing with her and believing for her. And I know she's a believer, and, uh, and she's making good confessions, but something's not right. Well, the other day I'm talking to her, and she starts talking about watching alien movies. And I'm like, what are you thinking? Because this lady's mature enough to know better. And I'm like, what are you thinking? And I, I mean, I'm trying to pray about what to say about this. And there's things like that that are not neutral. There's something behind it. And, you know, it's not, I can tell you, everything that's behind aliens is not God. It's not positive. And so you're going to have to make some tough choices if you want to walk in the protection of God. We have to guard what we allow to enter in. Uh, the word their heart is the word leb. It means the feelings, will, and intellect. So it's your soul. Because think about it, mind, will, emotions. Feelings, will, intellect. So he says to watch, guard, protect your soul, your mind, your will, your intellect. Because out of that is going to come the issues of life. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, As a man thinketh, so is he. 
The word there, thinkest, is the word shayar, and it means to be a gatekeeper. Because So we are who we are because of what we allow into our minds. Whatever, we, whatever a person lets into his soul, so will he be. We're controlled by what we believe to be true. It's not what tr- we're not controlled by truth. We're controlled by whatever we believe to be true. We can believe that tongues passed away and we'll be controlled by that, even though that's not truth. We can believe that all miracles ceased with the last apostle and we will literally be controlled with that and, 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 and controlled by that and it's not true. And so anything we believe can have an effect on controlling our lives. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, the Bible says that our, that our weapons are mighty. The Bible says our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And a stronghold is a prison of the mind. And we might think we don't have them, but we all have strongholds. We have ways of thinking in our mind that, that has got us locked up in an area. You know, and we want God to show us every one of those and by the renewal of the mind and by the word of God and our, those mighty weapons that we have, we want to break every stronghold of our mind. One stronghold we can have sometimes is just how we think about ourselves. If we think we're unworthy, that's a stronghold. Especially, it can take people to the point that they they damage their body. They cut and and do all sorts of mutilations to their body. You know, there's a stronghold in the mind when somebody's tattooed from there to the there and they're solidly tattooed. Something's not right in a person's mind. You know, they've got an issue that needs to be resolved in God. And uh, I, me and Pastor was talking the other day and I said, you know, we did all make, we've all made mistakes in our youth. I, I hadn't made that one, okay. I'm just wanting to clear that up for you because I thought you might think I was confessing here. But I'm no, <laughs> no, listen, I don't believe in pain and I've heard they're painful so it wouldn't matter. You know, it could be the highest fashion and I would not be tempted at all. And uh, because pain is, and me don't go together. Hallelujah. I never have believed in suffering. And so um, anyway, but we said, you know, I bet people have made a lot of mistakes. And I bet there's a lot of tattoos covered up with that makeup that, you know, they make really strong makeup to cover up scars and stuff for people that have been in wrecks and and I said I bet you there's a lot of tattoos covered with makeup where people have regrets um you know that <clears throat> you need to you need to see if you can get the holy ghost to agree with that before you have it done I don't believe that anybody ever said the holy spirit led me to to do that and you know hallelujah and you know Anita pointed this out. What's that tattoo going to look like when you're 80? Or she said, or when you're even 25 and you just had a baby and you get a big stretch mark going right through the tattoo. (laughs) It is not going to be pretty at that point. Hallelujah. I know you're never going to have those, but hallelujah. Anyway, think twice, think twice, think twice. And pray, pray for a year first and then and have me and pastor pray with you first (laughs) praise God Uh, yeah I get my approval before you do that and uh, if you're a parent threaten (laughs) use threats 
extreme threats. Hallelujah. Um, so, um, uh, so our object tonight, though, is to be is to to not break strongholds. Although that has to be done sometimes, but our object tonight is prevention. I want to go to the other side and say, okay, let's prevent the devil from getting in. Okay, let's keep him off our house. Let's keep him off our car. Let's keep death, stealing, killing, destroying as much as we are able. And we see through a glass darkly. So if you come in here tomorrow and say, Miss Debbie, I had a wreck, we're not going to say, mm -hmm. no, because we all have doors that are open that we don't even know about. But we are all endeavoring to shut those doors. And usually I have found that when I have something creep in, that I didn't like, that I can usually ask the Lord and He can show me something that, you know, where I need to close the door. And sometimes it goes deeper than just the surface. Sometimes it can be something that was said years ago. Spiritual laws can be set into motion when you're 20 that you don't see the harvest of until you're 45. But you said something. You declared something. And, and so... Hallelujah. One of the things that will help us is, is that when we say something and we know we said something that wasn't right is to be quick to repent and to break and to say and to, to nullify that seed sown. I just renounce that in Jesus' name. I'll not have that. And then learn to keep our mouth so that we don't open the door. Okay, so uh, that's some things about prevention. Prevention is he easier than breaking strongholds. Hallelujah. Prevention is God's highest and best. Hallelujah. Turn to 2 Peter 1. As long as we're in the world, there's going to be tribulation try to come at us. And we're going to be able to get a lot of it if we will be watchful and alert. And we will watch what we say. We'll watch what we allow into our hearts. Uh, watch what we allow into our houses. Um, hallelujah Second Peter 1 4 whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that would be the word of God wouldn't it that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped, say escaped, the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's what we want to do. We want to escape. And that word escape, if you look it up in Strong's, it has the connotation of to declare or to speak. And so we know that in the New Covenant that, that see, the seed of the word is planted with our mouth and this escaping and this, this being delivered is going to be something that comes out of our mouth. It's not just going to be hoping and praying. And, and, uh, and so this is, this is going to be something spoken. So the promises of the Word of God are the, what is given to us that we might escape. So we take the Word of God. We will the sword of the Spirit. Uh, the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17 says that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And with the way we use the sword of the Spirit is with our mouth, by speaking the Word out. And so that backs the devil off of his plans of attack when we're constantly speaking the word.
it'll not only stop the attack that's going on in your life right now, but it will also uh, it will also uh, plant you a new harvest so that you can reap a, a, a different harvest than you've been reaping. And it'll also put a prevention of, up around you. The devil is afraid of the Word of God. Brother hey, uh, Copeland used to say that he's afraid of the begats. And, you know, that you can just read the begats and run the devil off. He does not like the Word of God. So, you know, one thing you can do is just get the Bible out and start reading it out loud. Hallelujah. Praise God. If, you're, if you feel like your mind's coming under attack or whatever, then get the Word of God out and use the sword of the Spirit. And that's one of the ways that we walk in prevention. Hallelujah. And we are, are watchmen by using the Word of God. We are also watchmen by hiding. Now, I'm not talking about running and hiding in fear. I'm talking about being hid in a place in God. Psalm 32, 7 says, Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me. Psalm 119, 114 says, Thou art my hiding place, my shield. Psalm 91, 1 through 4, I want us to go there. But even though you're familiar with it, let's go there. There is a hiding place in God. There is a secret place, Psalm 91 calls it. It's secret, not from you. It's secret from the devil. I know he knows about it, but he doesn't know where it's at. He doesn't know how to get in it. He doesn't have the key or the combination to get in there and get you. When you abide and stay in the presence of God and practice being in the presence of God. And just to be a Christian doesn't necessarily mean that you're living in the presence of God. We need to go into the presence of God on a daily basis. And the Bible says that we enter his presence by the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that we enter into the throne room of grace boldly that we might obtain help. So it tells me if I need help and I need protection, I may need help to get out of something, I need to go to the throne room. If I need to be protected from something, I need to go to the throne room and say, Now Lord, I'm going into a situation and I'm going to need help. I'm going to need covering. Hallelujah. So I go there. Psalm 91, 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. And that's a staying. Abiding is staying there under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover me with His feathers. It's a hiding place. You're covered with feathers. And under His wings I will trust His truth shall be my shield and my buckler so I am in a hiding place with God and I can release my faith for this one of the ways I do that is in verse 2 by saying of the Lord I will say of the Lord so many Christians don't use their mouths they do not say of the Lord 
They may talk all the time, but they don't say of the Lord. He is my refuge. Lord, you're my refuge. Lord, you are my fortress. Not in an impersonal way, but personalizing this in a personal way. You are my refuge. You are my fortress. I put my trust in you, Lord, today. Lord, I'm looking to you. I'm thanking you. And I come into the presence of God. And one of the things I find when I come into the presence of God is I find that time in His presence makes me sensitive and discerning not overnight not maybe one time in his presence but as I continually go into his presence I become more sensitive to the spirit and more discerning time in his presence causes glory to emanate from me I don't always see that glory but I know it's true because Moses and that wasn't even as good a covenant as we have. But when Moses went up on the mount and got in the presence of God, hallelujah, we don't have to climb a mountain now to get in his presence. We go by faith into the throne room. Hallelujah. Because Jesus made the way. And, uh, and so 2 Corinthians 3 talks about the glory on Moses, the glory of his countenance. He had on bug repellent. When you get in the presence of God, it's like you've been sprayed with devil repellent. He won't bug you if you're emanating glory. Hallelujah. I was reading in uh, Bruce Allen's book, and he was talking about, he travels to foreign countries, he's a minister, and he uh, was talking about that he was talking to the Lord, and he said, Lord, I'm looking forward. I think he was going somewhere down close to the equator, or jungly place, you know. And... Uh, and he said, Lord, I'm looking forward to going. Oh, I can't wait to minister to your people and to minister to people. But, Lord, I am just dreading the mosquitoes down there. And uh, he said that they just don't even, they're so big and voracious, they don't even respond to insect sprays and stuff. And the Lord spoke to him and just said, release my glory. Out of your inner man just to release the glory. Now, ever since then, I've been practicing doing that you got to get your faith around it first you know and so but he said uh, I just uh, released the glory and he said I did not uh, and he said usually they're just swarming you while you're preaching even because they're attracted to the lights in the tent and whatever and he said I didn't even feel uh, I released the glory and I didn't have a mosquito bother me and he said well after the meeting there was a lady on the front row and she said I do not know what was going on. She said, I usually don't, mosquitoes don't usually bother me, and they like to eat me alive. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the glory emanating from him was keeping the bugs away. Hallelujah. Well, I believe in the power of being in the secret place. Another way that we, uh, uh, that we are watchmen and we protect ourselves is by the blood, the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Hebrews 12, 24, it says that the blood speaketh. The blood is still speaking. Hallelujah. It's powerful. There's a song that says the blood will never lose its power. The blood still speaks. In 1 John 5, 8, it says that there's three things that bear witness in the earth. The water, the spirit, and the blood. I believe we're not supposed to quit using the, the spirit, the Holy Spirit. And if we're not supposed to quit using the Holy Spirit, we're not supposed to quit using the blood of Jesus. 
We need the power of the blood in our lives. In Revelation 12, 11, it says they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. If we're going to overcome, we're going to have to have the blood of Jesus. Uh, the old timers talked about applying the blood. They talked about pleading the blood. That's just two ways to say the same thing. Hallelujah. You could say I'm releasing faith in the blood. I don't care how you say it. In John 66, 53, Jesus said, You're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And it says many of them left him after that. Because they, you know what they thought? He was talking about cannibalism. But he wasn't. We, and we, now we have communion, the Lord's Supper. And, and, and we eat His flesh and we drink His blood. By faith. Hallelujah. By faith. Hallelujah. Glory. So you don't even have to use grape juice. That may help you because it's purple, but you can use a little cup of water and release faith. Now, Father, I believe in you. And right now, by faith, I take the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you don't even don't want to use anything. Just by faith, take the blood. And I take it in right now and I receive it. And I eat the bread of your body right now. Hallelujah. And so in the Old Testament, there was the Passover where they were going to be called out of They were being called out of Egypt and they were leaving Egypt. And that night before they left Egypt, he said, I want you in, it was in Exodus 12, 23, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your houses to smite you. So now they look they literally killed the lamb and smeared the blood on the doorpost the lentil is the pork part that sticks out like the porch and then the doorposts of their house they applied the blood literal blood of the lamb well that was a picture of what we do now the lamb's blood has been shed and by faith in his word and by faith we can and you if you want to go outside and 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 smear the blood of, you know, water or oil or whatever. I've done that before. On your door, fine. Whatever it takes to release faith that you are covered and under the blood. Amen. But you can apply the blood of Jesus to your property and, and say, now no evil will come near this property. This I'm drawing a bloodline devil around my house, my property line, and there is nothing demonic or destructive or criminal going to trespass this, ball, this bloodline. Now there is a, pa a pastor in Ukraine, his name is Henry Madava, and he is from, I believe, Zimbabwe, some African nation, I believe it's Zimbabwe. And he has now been pastoring many years in Ukraine. He went to the Ukraine to study uh, aero, aer uh, aerospace and, uh, from Zimbabwe, and he ended up getting called, the Lord called him to pastor in Ukraine. He said that was pretty startling because Ukrainians don't like black people. And so he was pretty startled about that. And not to mention some other things about Ukrainians, and uh, which are basically Russians, and they've been under communism. He said they all think the same, wear the same thing. And that's because, and they, see, that's where, well, I'm not going to go there. Uh, we're not going to go there in our government. Hallelujah. Where we all think the same way and wear the same thing. The government tells you what you can do and what you can't. Hallelujah. So, <coughs> hallelujah. Anyway, he, uh, 
he first started out in deliverance ministry before healing. He said it just kind of happened, and he didn't. And so one day he he had a revelation about the blood of Jesus, and so he was close to a school, and he uh, he said, "Okay, I just draw a bloodline with my faith around," and he just pointed an area. And no demon or demons-possessed person can come past that bloodline. And then he sat there and waited for the kids to come out of the school. I think it was on the playground, actually. And he said the kids ran out on the playground, but all, one little girl, she ran and she hit that line and she fell back over and couldn't go through the line. Fell down, started foaming at the mouth. Power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we need to develop our faith in the blood of Jesus. And we can keep stuff off of our property. Now, if you've got a devil in the house, it's going to be hard. And I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about a devil. It's going to be hard to keep the devil out of the yard. And you can't cross the bloodline if there's one sitting in your house. And you've got a Buddha, then you got, you've got... Demon spirits are attracted to... What? Somebody say a word for me. Huh? Statues, idols, symbols, anything that's uh, icons, anything that's of uh, foreign religions or demonic things, um, Eastern religions. Uh, but, you know, there's certain kinds of uh, symbol, symbols that can be in jewelry and stuff like that. And though they're attracted to it, and you need to get it out of your house. I had to do it, you know, hallelujah. It don't matter what it costs. Praise God, nothing's worth the devil. Hallelujah. It can be books that, books that are, um, have to do with uh, demon spirits and witchcraft, anything witchcraft, anything occult, anything that's, you know, Tarot cards, Ouija boards, you can just go down the list of, of, uh, of things like that that you don't need to have in your house. And, you sh and if you have them, you need to get rid of them, destroy them, and you need to renounce any time you've ever participated in that. Hallelujah. And that also goes for a Masonic and Eastern Star. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because it is an occultic religion. And the funny part is it's so clothed in deception because on a because I was in it, I know, and I, uh, and Pastor was in it, and uh, when we got filled with the Spirit immediately, we could see by the Spirit, you know, that was the grace of God that He showed us. And uh, uh, it's very hidden on a local level. In fact, uh, it seems very, uh, well, half the Baptist church. And Seagraves was in it. I was just there with my friends, you know. I mean, and, you know, might have some Methodists and Presbyterians and stuff like that in it too. But Church of Christ usually don't like it. They stay away. But uh, anyway, it was it was passed down in my family. I had family in it, you know. And it was something that, but anyway, praise God. And so uh, anything like that can attract the devil. And so... You, you can't cast him out if you've got him in the house. So if the Lord shows you something, even if you don't understand why. I don't like frogs. I don't want any frogs in my house. 
I, owls are, I, the Lord led me. I had 50-something owls. I was a collector of owls. And now, the, and they were really big and, oh, fashionable back in uh, 70s. And now, guess what? They are big, fashionable again. They're everywhere in decorator stuff. And I, the Lord led me to get rid of all of them. And I did. And I, all my Eastern Star paraphernalia and the ritual books and all that kind of stuff and renounce it. And uh, hallelujah. And it, so it, hallelujah. But it doesn't matter. Anything to walk free and clean and not to have any demonic influence in our life because the devil's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Hallelujah. So glory to God. Praise God. So they were to put the blood on their door. And that door, word door there means gate or opening. So we need protection so that nothing comes through the gates of our lives. Hallelujah. And then another way that, they, that we watch in prayer is by the name of Jesus. We sang tonight about the name of Jesus. In Proverbs 18.10 it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. In Colossians 3.17, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. You cannot use the name of Jesus too much. You may have thought, well, I, I'm, I'm using the name too much. No, you can't. Do not Be careful that you do not use Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of the Lord as slang or swearing. And then expect it to be protection to us. But if we honor the name of Jesus and believe in the power of the name of the Jesus, there in Psalm 91 it says, uh, uh, verse 14, the last part, Because he hath known my name, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. There is a power in knowing the name of Jesus. And when all else fails, you can just cry out, Jesus. And, and speak in the name of Jesus. And we're not talking about in the name of Christ or in the name of the Lord. It, the power is not in the word Christ. The power is not in the word Lord. The power is in the name Jesus. Hallelujah. And we are, if, if we have trouble saying the name of Jesus right there, that is a sign of demonic uh, influence in your life. Devils do not like to say the name of Jesus. People sometimes that have been messing or have in the past, maybe they don't now, with the occult, they have a hard time saying the word Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think you'll see a lot more deliverance in the days to come. Uh, the more America was a Christian nation, the less devils there were in America. But now there's becoming so many more religions coming into America and they're bringing their, uh, they're bringing their devils with them. And, and uh, people need deliverance. There's a lot of people messing with uh, foreign religions. And I tell you what, uh, listen folks, Hollywood is messed up. So lots of them are in that Scientology, and, and those are bad, 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 bad uh, religions. Hallelujah. A lot of the Christians are messed up in Hollywood. Hallelujah. Hollywood needs prayer. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I kind of always kind of look at it this way and not all of them can you even watch their movies because a lot of the movies are really bad but if you do find a movie you can watch just enjoy the movie but don't pay no attention to the actor 
in their religion or their politics. Hallelujah. We shouldn't mix Hollywood with either one. Uh, so another way we stay free and we are protected is by a hedge of protection. Job 1.10 says every, Job 1.10 talked about that, uh, well, let me read it because I didn't write it down. The enemy pointed out, the devil himself pointed out that, that, that there was a hedge of protection. Job is right before Psalms, by the way. I'm having trouble finding it, but it's there. <laughs> um, my pages are stuck. Well, I'm going to have to get there one page at a time. Job 1. Hallelujah. Job 1.10. Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? And so the enemy, the devil, recognized that there was a hedge of protection around Job. And we can have a hedge. Ecclesiastes 10.8 says, He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it, and whoso breaketh an hedge, a serpent shall bite him. We need to make sure that there's not breaks in our hedge of protection. And uh, hallelujah. So we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And if you feel led to do something, don't reason it away. If you feel led to go out and anoint your house with oil, don't say, oh, that is stupid. You know, if you feel led to go walk around your yard with your hands raised, don't care what your neighbors think. Hallelujah. They already think anyway. Hallelujah. And besides all that, hallelujah, God's looking for a way to get their attention spiritually. And you might just be that way. Amen. Because uh, they need to be woke up. The hour is short. Jesus is coming back soon. And the church is, is falling behind in the times. The majority of the church. And so there's a wake-up call that needs to go forth. And you might be the wake-up call. Just walking around your yard with your hands up, praying in the Spirit. So whatever you God leads you to do, don't reason it away. If He leads you to repent of something that you were five years old, don't reason it away. And hey, don't reason away and say, well, I got saved later, and so that took care of that. One man said he was a, 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 an agnostic. I heard this man say this recently, and that he always had trouble believing in healing, even though he was a healing minister and seeing tremendous miracles. He fought to believe in healing, and he said, the Lord told him one day, I want you, you've never, he said, you've never repented for being an agnostic before you were saved. And he said, I repented, and that he said it's like I had a claw in my brain, and it left. And after that, I had no problems believing. So all I'm saying is, if the Lord leads you to do something, don't reason it away. Obey the Holy Spirit, because that's what's going to take for us all. Be free, stay free. Hallelujah. Uh, Billy Brim says every day she goes out before she gets in her car, she slaps her hand on it and pleads the blood of Jesus over her car. Hallelujah. Whatever God leads you to do. You may not do all of these things every day, but you'll do some of these things every day. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this hedge of protection. Ezekiel 22.30, God said, I sought for a man that would make up the hedge. That would, you know, there might be a hole in the hedge, but you stand in the hole and you make up the hedge. Uh, Mark 12.1. Let's go there. And uh, we're about to close. 
I'm winding down. And he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard and set a hedge about it and digged a place for the wine fat and built a tower and let it out as a husband and went into a far country. Let me, I want to point out something. Um, that It says he planted a vineyard and he set a hedge. So that goes back to what I said a while ago. How do we plant seed of the word? With our mouth. So when it says he planted a vineyard, we can correlate. To, if we want to plant a vineyard, we're going to plant it with our mouth. Now, he's talking literal, but we're talking spiritual. If we want to set a hedge, we're going to do it the same way. The same way you plant a vineyard in your life, you set a hedge. You set a hedge with your mouth. Okay, so the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.11, 2 Corinthians 2.11, not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. You know, family, we there's a lot of Christians that's pretending that... that and maybe they're not pretending, maybe they're really deceived, but they're just like, oh, the devil, it's not really any big deal. And some people think, well, yeah, the devil, he's in hell, and you know, but here on earth, there's nothing. And they, they, they just really discount the power of the devil. And, uh, but we're not to be ignorant. The Bible says in James 4, 7, we're to submit to God and resist. We, the, one version says we resist the devil at his own set. That means immediately. We don't wait. Uh, we don't wait a year. We don't wait until we're really sick. We don't wait. We boy, the first sign of something, we get on it with our faith. We get on it, and you know what? We also get on it with. We need to call on the church. Hallelujah. There's power in the body of Christ and in the church, and we need to enlist the help of others. And if, we're going, if you're going through something, don't go through by yourself. Don't endure alone. We ought to have prayer partners all over this church. Or, you know, they, and, and people that you can say. And not, listen, family, this is, not, this is a low, low, low form of Christianity. I'm out in the hallway somewhere or even somebody else and you say, well, you know, I just got diagnosed with this. In the hallway of the church? If you got a serious diagnosis, pick up your telephone, make an appointment. We cannot minister effective to you in the hallway of the church. I have had people that we gave a prayer altar call for healing and they didn't come up and then tell me in the hallway that they've got a serious diagnosis of something, diabetes or something. It's like, are we, is their brain in there? Or wait six months and let it get to be a foothold or a stronghold. The devil's looking for a foothold, and then it. But sometimes, and we got we've had wrong teaching. I want you to ask the Lord everywhere you are taught wrong for Him to show you. And I'm not saying we hadn't taught this in days past. We don't teach it now, but. Uh, the you uh, the highest form of faith is to get it on your own. Block that out of your mind. And start just getting it. Hallelujah. Getting it. We let things get a foothold because we're trying to get something on our own. Instead of getting to the front of the church and saying, this is what they said, and before they even run the second test to prove it, we've already clip that out the bible talks about the blade the ear and the full corn in the ear we don't want to wait till it's full corn Amen. and then try to start getting something out of you we want to get it when it's a seed 
It's a blade. They're just thinking it might be. And we, right there, we can say no, and God, it can disappear. And it can be like, well, I don't know, you know. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we, we enlist the help of others. We're going to need the church in this last day. We already do. We're losing too many. We're, there's too many, there's, uh, too many pastors have died. Lots of them. They were young, too young to die. And some of them that were old could still have gone longer. But we lose them because we don't think right about how to, and we don't get the consult of the Holy Spirit. And then we need to keep our armor intact. We need to check our armor. The Bible, Ephesians 6, 11 talks about the whole armor of God and put on the whole armor of God. Do you know what the armor is? If you don't, you need to learn what's the armor. Ephesians 6, 11, go there. Read three or four verses. You'll find the whole armor of God. And you make sure each part is right. The helmet of salvation. Do I know I'm saved? If you don't, you can nail that down. You can know. Hallelujah. Am I fully persuaded in righteousness? Or am I regularly coming under the condemnation of the devil? And then I backslide. And then I fall away. And then I want to come back. That is not being established in righteousness and knowing who you are. Hallelujah. And so these are things that you can begin at home to pursue. And we pursue them here in church too together, corporately. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, Laquina, what about the floaters Sunday morning? They're... Come up here and you want to come up here and talk about it? Um, on, let me see, August the 8th, 2008, 8808, I had LASIK done. And, um, I had, but I also had floaters in my right eye. And so I asked when I got my eyes corrected, could they take care of that? I was like, oh, it's nothing. They really don't do anything for floaters. So it's like, just live with it. Just play with it. That's what, you know, the doctor, eye doctor told me. So when she said on Sunday about floaters, I was like, yeah, I got two or three of them. Well, it was only like one or two, and it progressed to three. And so when she asked, you know, if anybody have them, I ran up there. I was like, because I've been believing God for total healing of my eyes. I do not want to wake up and not be able to read the clock. I said, I want you to heal me completely. So by way of eye LASIK surgery, God provided that. And that's another story. Um, but um, when, when she prayed, um, two left. And I still had one, but it was kind of faint. And so uh, she was praying for Leanne. And she said, well, if anybody want to stay, and I'm like, I'm staying because I'm getting my whole healing. I'm not going to leave without it because if it's there, you get it while the getting is good because uh, you might not get the opportunity sometimes when you miss it. And um, so I stayed and I waited and I was patient. <laughs> and so I said, um, Debbie, I have one more, you know, that's kind of faint, but I can still see it. And so we, we stayed and we prayed until it was gone. And so... Um, Immediately, the enemy comes immediately to try to take the word from you. So by the time I went to the car, the enemy would try to say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's probably, you know, still there. You know, I was like, well, and I said, uh-uh. Immediately, I took it back because he wanted to take my healing from me. So I took it back, and I said, I'm keeping it by faith. And so um, Jasmine got prayed for her foot, and I said, well, Jasmine, we're going to go home. We're going to write down in a notebook that I believe I received healing for 
and you write down what you did, and I'm going to put for my eyes. And I put it for that. And so anytime the thought wanted to come back that I did not get healed, I go back and I say, I believe I received on this day and this time it was done. And all week long, it has not, neither one of them have ever come back. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, you know, hey, the, the, the power of the testimony, that's something else we're going to have to learn in this church. Anything you give uh, testimony of, God wants to do again. That's why he wants you to give your testimony because that's the way he repeats what he's done over and over. So everybody that's got floaters, God wants to get you completely healed and all floaters gone. Amen. Hallelujah. So get ready to have a lot of testimonies of healing in church. Praise God. And uh, to tell you the truth, that's not something I'd ever thought of. But um, it was floaters. Pastor said he didn't even know what it was. And, uh, but anyway, so we're going to get the rest of those floaters. But, you know, we need to learn to celebrate. If one disappears, instead of, instead of being, uh, we need to celebrate. Oh, it's getting better. Instead of, oh, you know, it's not all the way yet. There's a whole different way of, of looking at it that we need to change our ways of looking at things. Hallelujah. So we'll keep going after uh, things. And we need also another thing we're going to have to have is we're going to have to be more patient as a church, not be so hurried to get to the food trough, uh, not be willing to wait on people because it takes time. For That's one thing I've learned that the method we, we grew up with in healing was not God's way. The method, it's not how he's blessing as a general rule where we just go, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed, and leave people on their own to try to figure it out. But we have to work miracles. We have to work with people and bless, see how God's moving. And sometimes it takes prayer in a different way. In other words, we have to find out what, uh, how to pray. In some situations, you can command. In some situations, you can ask. And sometimes you have to find out what caused it. You have to talk to people what caused it. And then you, have, you can go and know what to believe for. And uh, it's a lot more detailed than we have made it in the past. And that's why we've seen very few results. And we've gotten to be a church... Of, and I'm not talking about us in particular, but the body of Christ, uh, where we're, uh, we want it quick, we want church quick, get in, get it out, get it over with. And uh, it's going, if we want to see miracles, they're going to take time. Hallelujah. Sometimes it might take four hours to get somebody healed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And we got to change our whole way of thinking. Amen. So I remember... Uh, I've been through this several times where I've had to change my way of thinking. The first time we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I had to change my Baptist way of thinking to the Spirit way of thinking. And then even after we got filled with the Spirit, I remember getting, being, buying Brother Copeland's tapes and hearing them the first time and thinking, Oh my gosh, how will I ever remember this? Oh no, I, don't, I, I just couldn't grasp it. And then after a while, though, that became just common to me. And we rocked along then for many years where we just were basic. We were learning and we were increasing, but we, we had, weren't having to make a major change. And the first time I heard Pastor Buzzy, I remember being frustrated. Like, i got to change everything. Oh, what about and been taught? And I was frustrated. It was like, and then now I'm at that place again. It's like everything I thought I knew about how to minister healing, I didn't know. 
Hallelujah. And so I'm, I'm having to relearn and rechange. Me and Pastor are learning together. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're on a, we are on pursuit that we're going to have healing in Tuscaloosa. Amen. So you wait and see. You watch. Hallelujah. And that, you know, I know that might not have seemed like big to some people, but that was the beginning of miracles right there. And we're going to get everybody else. Don't worry about it. If you didn't get it, we're getting it for you. Us, the God's going to heal you, but we're going to pursue it. And, you know, we're going to work with it and hallelujah till we find out what, the, what way it is that we have to pray. Amen. Anybody else have a testimony tonight or not? We'll be dis- oh, Pastor's got to take an offering. You better testify quick. <laughs>